I'd like to uh, welcome you all very warmly to this retreat here at Kaya House. This is Leela and I'm Yanai and we're very happy to be here to spend this time together, this week of practice and exploration with you. It's uh, wonderful to see both uh, familiar faces, some of you coming here over many, many years and certainly known to me over extended periods. And uh, equally wonderful to see new faces. Perhaps you've been here before and I haven't seen you or perhaps you're here for the first time. And uh, really, truly welcome to you all. It's kind of interesting that the first uh, sound that appears from the front is the loud thump of the technology and how uh, we've sort of upgraded our system recently. So I hope you can all hear clearly. And if you can't hear clearly, please indicate. Uh, you can raise your hand or say, if you can't at any point, and speaking particularly for myself, I uh, know my accent can be rather thick, and uh, sometimes the words come a little quickly. So if that's the case, let me know. We'd like to speak at this time about what it means to be here and what will be involved in being here for this retreat. And I, in some ways I guess I wonder what brings you here. Some of you that I know a little, I can imagine, though actually I don't know for sure. I wonder, I have my ideas, my imaginations as to, or thoughts as to what it may be that brings you here. That uh, in all the many different things one could have chose to do, or chosen to do with this week has led you to choose to be here. I mean, I, I'm not questioning that choice. I think it's a, a rather good idea myself. Uh, maybe not surprisingly, I would think that. But uh, I know that there are a lot of other options out there that one could have chosen. And perhaps when one signed up for the retreat, one didn't realise that England was going to be playing in the Rugby World Cup final. And, uh, you know, one is missing out. Of course, when I signed up for the retreat, I thought that maybe New Zealand would be. And I thought, oh, well, I have to let it go. But, you know, they're not. And that may, or not, may not be relevant to you, but the sense of choosing something that's important choosing what we spend our time doing, what we give our life to, this to me seems really critical. We have just this life and we don't know for how long we have it. So to me it seems really important that we make good choices with that sense of what we give our life to and coming to Gaia House coming to do a retreat, maybe the first time for some of you, one or two perhaps, or perhaps coming back and such retreats being a, a regular part of your life over many, many years. And for some of you, of course, not arriving for this retreat, but having been here already for days or weeks or months and practicing in an ongoing way here. That this bringing oneself 
or turning oneself, we could say orienting oneself towards that which is important in, in my life, in your life, in life itself, we could say. This is a, a very powerful thing. But not to underestimate the potency of making a choice that says, I want to engage with my life. I want to see it for what it is. I want to feel it and know it and explore it to see what's to be discovered, what's to be known. What is possible for us as a human being in this world? Because it's easy to just whiz through it, rushing from one thing to the next. And there are so many apparent advantages to that approach, it seems. At least that's what we're told. You know, just get busy, keep going, don't slow down. Don't look where you're going, actually. Just kind of look somewhere in the future. So coming here is rather different than that. Coming to Gaia House, coming to a meditation retreat. It's like, huh, suddenly there's this whole week. And one might be thinking, my gosh, a whole week I'm going to be here. Or I think, great, a whole week. I might be thinking, oh, only a week. But this is what we've got. And really fortunate to have that. That to to come on a retreat such as this here, in this situation, is something that I regard as really one of the sanest things we could choose to do with periods of time in our lives. That uh, although others might look at us and think, hmm, that sounds a little strange, and perhaps some people have said to us something of that order. Um, but uh, if one ever sort of stops to look at what's going on in much of the world, much of the time, much of our own lives perhaps, sometimes that looks a little strange too, so no, maybe it's uh, not such a problem. But to, to make space for seeking or exploring or engaging with that which is important to us, that which perhaps evokes a sense of of love, of, of yearning maybe, of passion or interest for, for life. This is, this is what we can use this time for. The teachings and the practices that we'll be offering and exploring are drawn very much from the teachings and the traditions of the Buddha Dharma, originating with the, the teachings of, of the Buddha, a human being who like ourselves, looked at his life and at some point decided, I want to look more carefully, more deeply. And that's what he spent his life doing. And through that journey, that process, came to some remarkably clear, profound and transformative understandings, which we are really fortunate to have the benefit of through having been passed down through generation upon generation of people, of women, of men, who have seen, who have heard, who have practiced and lived these teachings that are really an invitation to live in harmony with the way life is, to find our own capacity for, for deep understanding and wisdom, for a great breadth of kindness and compassion. And that that's really what a retreat is about. 
to know what it means to be free, to know what it means to abide in a heart that is open to embracing ourselves, each other, all of life. And it's for this that we would engage in practice, using the tools of meditation, using the tools of, we could say, some spiritual discipline, and at the same time the, the teachings that have been explored by people, that have been lived by people, that have been shared by people for generations, hundreds, and uh, several thousands of years. And that yet aren't necessarily about some kind of historical situation or teacher or sort of tradition, but are equally about our life right now, what's true right here, what it means to be this being in this context, with this body, mind and heart. Because although we're on retreat, we've, we've sort of stepped away from certain aspects of our life to come here with the intention that in that stepping away, not that we reject our life or the world in any way, but that we give ourselves some space by putting things down, by letting things go, our normal activities, roles, functions, we give ourselves the immense gift of space. And in space, although sometimes it's a little sort of scary or we don't quite know what to do with it, what it has is potentiality, it has possibility within it that we can allow to to reveal to us whatever it has to offer. Some of which may at times be challenging, but I trust will equally be beneficial and transformative. And at times can equally be sweet and delightful. But we don't really know what the mixture is going to be. Because we don't know what's coming next. And yet just coming into this sense of, okay, we have this space that we've given ourselves as a gift, as an offering. And that it's our immediate experience, it's our life that speaks to us from that space. It's not necessarily just about, again, tradition or religion or that sort of thing, or spiritual forms, although we use them, they're powerful, they're potent, they've been developed and refined over many, many years. So we don't have to start from scratch, we're not beginning on our own, we kind of have the support of community, of others to practice with, of teachings, of guidance. But we also have the, the fact of our life, our aliveness, that is really in a process of speaking to us, but we don't necessarily always stop and listen to what's being said. We don't necessarily always take the time to really cultivate our capacity to receive it. And this is part of what, and a lot of what's possible on a retreat, that we attune ourselves to our life, and therefore we can start to learn from it and through it, and grow and unfold. And the Buddha spoke of the possibility of of really understanding the way things are in such a way as the sense of being bound 
or limited or confined or compressed or enclosed <coughs> in our experience can actually be penetrated, can be dissolved, can be opened up. So that there's a sense of, of life that's living in plenty of space, that isn't compressed or bound or limited or held in by the circumstances and conditions that we are nonetheless living within, bodies and minds, hearts and material things. So we come on the retreat, we step away from you know, work, family, relationships, social activities. To a large extent we put them down to come here. But still our body, our mind, our heart, it's the one we've got, our life. We're living our life with. It's the same one here. It's not like a different one. So the sense of we're not escaping from that, but really more being invited to enter into it. To come to see both its particularity, its uniqueness, the individual nature of how it is for you that's not the same for anybody else. It's just the way it configures for you. And equally to see that there's a, a certain universality as well. There's certain principles and patterns and cycles that we all share and move through. And to see that as we understand this, as we start to see what's happening below the the surface and the images and the ideas we sometimes live in the and really the enchantment of our of our images and our ideas. As we start to see this, as we're not so enchanted by them, we start to see that there's a deeper truth we can orient towards, that we can align with, that has a a steadiness and a reliability that our images, that our ideas that our constructions about the world don't have and that the world itself doesn't have because it's constantly forming and dissolving arising and passing changing from this into that and because that's the reality of life because we're here but not forever it's kind of like these two profound realities that frame our that frames spiritual practice for me. It's like, we're here. Amazing, we're here. Do you know what that means? Is there more to discover about what that means that you're here? Because you're here. And that I'm not here forever, and nor are you. And that kind of brings something to it as well. It's like, ah, oh, here but not forever. And the holding of those two pieces, really, I think is very powerful and certainly was a, an inspiration for the Buddha himself. And certainly has been in my own journey. So we're here at Guy House, but not forever, which may or may not be a good thing in the end. We'll see. We have a week together. How wonderful. We have a community of, of friends that we don't have to do this by ourselves, Because as I said, it can be challenging. And if we had to do it sitting on our own in a room for a week, it would be a lot harder probably. Not that someone else can do it for us. We still have to walk our own journey. And yet, there's the sense of a shared intention, a shared presence, 
of each other together. So how wonderful to have this opportunity. That uh, although perhaps it seems many people in the world are overwhelmed, driven by fear, by anger, by greed and by a a self-centered and tragic disregard for so many and so much around them. And we see this, and sometimes we can be part of it. You know, I can see myself become part of it on occasion, it happens, I'm sure, to all of us. But seeing that actually it doesn't have to be that way, that we can find in ourselves the wisdom and the compassion to, to live from a place where we are not isolated or disconnected or disinterested, in the bigger picture, in the rest of life, and everyone else. And that, that this is a contribution to the transformation of the world. That as we work in our own process and practice, we're not leaving apart the world, because what we learn, where and how we grow, and what is brought forth through that, from that, is actually a contribution. Not just to me being more comfortable, or you, or more peaceful, or more calm, or more serene, or spiritual, or sort of whatever. But that that actually is like it starts a ripple. It, it's like a wave that rolls out into the universe from our own being. And it's the potential to touch the vastness of life, to transform it too. In subtle but nonetheless significant ways. And so what we do here is not just about doing it for me, or as I said, it's certainly not about doing it just by yourself, but having a larger vision, a sense of a sense of touching life as well as being touched by life. And this is really what I invite and uh, hope for this time. And I think at that point I'll uh, pass it over. Thank you. How's that? Well, who knows? <laughs> Is that all right? So good evening. Uh, my name is Leela. I'm delighted to be here. I flew in from uh, Luxembourg this morning and um, I'm actually really grateful for uh, the support I have from my family that I can be here and uh, I very much look forward to spending these days together uh, with each one of you exploring together. And may we all have a very fruitful and deepening stay here. As a wife and partner and mother, mother-to-be, a sister with parents-in-law and parents and uh, all these things, 
I feel I can really say that this practice for me, that has accompanied me since uh, I was quite a young teenager, is really a life practice, a practice in the midst of life, for life, not something outside of or above uh, or separate from life, but a practice that can or has the potential of really truly awaken us and, and help us grow into our full potential as human beings. Uh, a practice that is uh, in honor of life, really a practice that can uh, be full of life. And the reason why I want to emphasize this as I begin to speak to you is that sometimes meditation practice can be a bit or seem a bit stiff and dry and silent and there we sit on the cushions and tiptoe around and maybe at times it can be even a bit heavy but actually if we hang in there and many of you here have considerable experience of long retreats so you know this very well that there is an amazing richness to be found um, Ralph Waldo Emerson he said that what lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. And this is something we can really get in touch with in meditation practice, that as we stop and connect here and now in the present moment with the suchness of our own experience, there is a tremendous wealth to be found. It's true that at times, and part of our experience, can be extremely challenging. Sometimes to stop and deeply connect with oneself is a difficult thing. Grief, anger, hatred, confusion, all these things that are part of human emotions and human experience. But equally, a vastness of being and great joy and zestful life. I think it's quite wonderful that on one hand, this ancient tradition, this ancient tradition of human exploration that is so incredibly simple. It's a very, if you like to call it a method, it's a very, very simple method of just stopping paying attention and connecting to the body, to the physical body, and being present to whatever is going on in the body and mind, couldn't be more simple. But just because it's so simple, it's also extremely hard and challenging at times. So this ancient human endeavor that seems to have been going on since the beginning of human culture, human history, points to and leads us to profound and universal truths. The ground of being gives a possibility of touching in with something that is shared by all of us. And yet, at the same time, each one of us, we have different histories, come from different places, we've done different things, we have different hopes and fears related to our futures. 
And so our life paths are truly unique. And therefore, the way in which we engage here together is also very unique. And I think that's something that is very precious in this way of exploring and working with oneself is that on one hand, there is something that is shared and there is a truth that can be found, but the path is very individual and we all have to find the right approach, the right way of being here and engaging with ourselves and exploring. And this gives plenty of room for each one of us, for our own personal flavor and individuality. And so the starting point in this kind of practice is always what's going on right now. What's the weather like inside? How am I doing? What's the mood inside? Happy, sad, tired, energetic, curious, bored? What is it like? What's the state of the body? How is it feeling? What's arising in the moment? And quite interestingly, and in a way a huge relief, is that on a very profound level, it doesn't really matter what's going on inside our body or mind. It's how we relate to it, how we respond, and how we work with ourselves. That anything can arise, but we have to recognize it. So we're all at the perfectly right place, and we can use whatever is going on within us as the perfect gateway to insight. So sometimes it may be that we cement ourselves a little bit in our habit patterns and thought patterns, our way of relating and doing things. And then we may get the idea, and the title of the retreat involves wisdom and compassion, kind of lofty words. And we may not, if we would describe ourselves, put wisdom and compassion sort of together with our names. I don't know about you, but it wouldn't be the first um, words that would come to mind if I would describe myself. So, if you're coming here with the sense of, of having kind of a project mind, that I'm going to work on the wisdom and compassion and, and, uh, and, and develop, develop some kind of uh, far-off qualities, in my experience, it doesn't really seem to work that way. In fact, if we're authentic with where we are and open to our own experience, the suchness of our experience, then as we deepen within, wisdom and compassion flows quite naturally because it's a part of the fabric of life. It emerges within us spontaneously and beautifully. And so, this is not some kind of greenhouse for working hard. It's true, difficulty sometimes can be something we have to face, but actually, it's important to be at ease and relax, not sort of float out in, in uh, uh, this kind of avoiding patterns that one may have and recoiling, but actually engaging, but as much as possible finding ease and not pushing in unnecessary ways. We all um, live in a quite pushy culture, don't we? 
So, as we begin this exploration together, we develop by our sheer presence together a kind of container. And like Jan, I mentioned, it is tremendously important that we sit here together, that we actually gather here from our different life circumstances. And the fact, even though we do not know each other yet so well, all of us, we may not speak to everybody in here, in this room, actually the fact that we're just sitting here physically present together in this room is a tremendous support, silent support to one another and therefore a great gift. So we're kind of building good circumstances together, a good container. So the fact that we show up and follow the schedule that we'll talk a bit more about uh, is a very simple way of expressing a kind of generosity and, and kindness and support to one another. <coughs> large part of our days here are going to be in silence, in noble silence. So we're not going to do that much speaking. And the reason for that is to create a lot of space, a lot of space to really be with oneself, to be able to take time, take time to move through the day, to have enough space to go deeply within. And silence has a wonderful capacity to highlight what moves in the heart and the mind, to really bring lots of light to our inner experience. And so we are all invited to move, in a way, extraordinarily deeply within, not as a way of withdrawing or recoiling from life, but to move deeply into life. And the way these days I tend to look at the retreat, <coughs> the very name retreat may, may somehow carry the feeling tone of moving away from life. But the way I see it, it is an act of becoming very intimate with life. Very, very intimate. And so, we're here supporting one another without engaging maybe in the habitual ways of chatting, uh, of having lots of eye contact or physical contact, and instead sort of leaving each other to, to have that personal space of exploration. That doesn't mean the silence have to be controlled or artificial or, or um, unnecessarily withdrawn, but a gentle silence. If you do need to, to say something, um, uh, perhaps if you're sharing room with somebody tonight, you need to sort something out, or of course if you have a practical questions to one of the managers or something else, then, then words can be used. But the, most of the time, to, to just keep quiet and to pay attention, to use all that energy that goes into our words to look clearly and deeply within. 
And so, very closely connected to silence is simplicity, another great support to this container for our exploration. And so, to create a simple life, the way Gaia House is structured is actually supporting simplicity in so many ways. Uh, the rooms are quite simple, the schedule is simple, um, and so you can look for yourself where you feel moved to increase simplicity in order to support yourself. It is very helpful to pack away all sort of books and projects. Uh, if you brought anything along that you thought you could finish off uh, while you're here, uh, to just pack it away and clear the space for, for the moment as, as it arises. Uh, it's very helpful to turn off the mobile phones and only turn them back on um, as the retreat ends. And uh, notebooks, unless you have a very um, personally engaging habit of, of writing a diary uh, that helps your personal process, it's uh, um, not very important to do that here. Maybe you like to do a few notes if you have a diary, and if you're not using a diary, then, then don't start one uh, while you're here. So to really uh, allow things to just sort of drop to the side, to see how simple do you dare to get. Because the simpler we become in our outer habits, we actually invite an inner simplicity. And as the inner simplicity begins to create space within, other things can emerge. That, that are original and deep within us. So to establish a foundation for ourselves is a, an integrated part of the practice. It also involves to care for all the beings here, one another. Um, vegetarian food is served to, to uh, support a sense of respect for all life, to not um, harm other beings. And uh, you may wish to think about that if you come across uh, any tiny beings, spiders or whatever else might crawl in your way, to really um, sweat a bit to create a foundation for oneself and hold a sort of ethical vessel for oneself sometimes requires a bit of sweat to really explore habitual reactions. So it's not so much to set down rules, but to engage with a kind of exploration in how solid of a foundation can I create for myself because uh, a good ethical foundation creates a lot of inner space, and that inner space can be well used for, for exploring. So, to also respect material life, uh, the things here, to not take anything that's not clearly given, 
and to to know that what you have here you can uh, relax into that no one will take take your stuff so to respect life material life and to as much as one can be authentic and truthful with one's own experience and also in the realm of communication and this is a complex and vast subject of how we use our words but to, to bring some extra attention to that. Equally on a retreat because a retreat is as we've said both something that is a shared journey and a deeply personal journey uh, and it is a time of being with oneself. So if you have come with a friend or a partner, it's a time to be more with yourself than, than, than with the partner or with the friend. And uh, the, beauty, uh, the beauty and the power of our sexual energy, which is a part of being, being alive as a person, is also something that can be included in the retreat to uh, explore, to take into account, and to hold with care. And uh, as we go deep, then lots of things can happen within. But to hold oneself gracefully and to not engage sexually, but to respect each and every person here. And this is part of the creating a, a good and healthy container together. The final thing that's important is to care for one's clarity of mind. So to not take any kind of substances that uh, will cloud your capacity to be present and investigate. Of course, if you're taking medication, that um, has been prescribed to you for your physical health or mental health, uh, you should of course continue to take that medication. But if you have any other kind of habits of taking other substances that are not really supportive for deep exploration, then to, to uh, talk to us if you like to and uh, see, see how we can support you. So with this kind of container together and allowing the exploration of how a good, good foundation can be carried into daily life, we create good opportunities for inner calm and peace. And inner calm is one important aspect of the work we're doing here to land within ourselves, to find a ground within our bodies, to be with ourselves, intimate with ourselves, and present just in our physical bodies, in our arms and legs and bellies, to not be too caught up in the past, not lean forward into the future, 
but actually bring the fullness of our attention to this moment here and now and see if we can relax into being here in the midst of our experience, however it unfolds. And with the foundation of holding ourselves gracefully here and beginning to establish calm and presence, we can also begin to inquire and explore and investigate with curiosity. Who am I? Why do I respond to life in this particular way? Why do I react like this? What is there to be found? What's the truth of my being? What's the truth of my heart? What can I be? What's this life about? This human life and my personal life? And so, to begin to investigate and find the answers in a very personal uh, and direct and immediate way. And so these are the areas that we can begin to explore together. The painter Paul Gauguin, he said, I close my eyes to see. And this very much encapsulates meditation practice for me to close one's eyes in order to see clearly. See clearly within, but also see clearly one's relationship to life, one's way of responding to life circumstances, and hopefully begin to find a deeper and steady freedom that has the potential of really transforming life transforming oneself, and as one transforms, so does the way one moves through life as well. Some of you may have traveled great distances to come here, and others, like Jan I, live just down the road, sort of. Um, although last time I was visiting uh, Jan I and I was going to drive here, I got completely lost, and I just ended up sort of among the hedges and more cows, and uh, uh, that's what one moment of not being mindful can do. Suddenly you're lost in Devon and you have no idea where you're going to go next. And so, however your day has been, take time, take the time you need to land and arrive here. Some of you have been here already for days and weeks and months, uh, but for those of you who have come and arrived today to, to take time tonight to settle in and to take one moment at a time to not try to sort of grasp and get a feel for all of the days we have together but allowing our days to unfold and to as much as possible 
just stay close to home, just staying in the present moment, allowing both body and mind to, to arrive here. And so if you're tired, to make sure to get as good rest as you can. And then uh, tomorrow morning there will be instructions, there will be guided meditations, and uh, you'll be well taken care of in terms of how to proceed with, with the meditation. So one step at a time um, to begin with. Are there any questions in particular about the structure, um, the structure of the retreat? It's all quite clear. That's great. Okay. So again, a very warm welcome to all of you. And uh, Jan and I will uh, give some meditation instructions. Yeah, if you take the microphone. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.